Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, we're looking in the book of Revelation at chapter number 12 this evening. Revelation chapter number 12. I don't know about you, but I've had a very interesting week. I have been attacked and assaulted and accused by the devil. He has tried to whisper in my ear. He's tried to get my attention. He's tried to gain my affection. And he's trying to hinder tonight us from hearing and heeding the word of God. And there's no doubt in my mind that he's trying to do the very same thing to you. If he will attack Jesus, he will attack you. He will attack me, amen. And so tonight, I'm going to preach on this thought from Revelations chapter 12. We're going to win. Then we'll be glad we live for Jesus. Right now, we have trouble. Right now, we have black eyes and bloody noses. Right now, we have our ears bent low. But one day, honey, we'll be glad we live for Jesus. Amen. You have your Bible tonight, Revelations chapter 12. Stand to your feet. We're going to look at verses 7 through 12. And I am preaching this because the Lord said I could, told me to, and because the enemy has attacked me, and I'm going to attack back, amen, by the help of the Holy Spirit. Revelations chapter 12, verse number 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. We're going to win. It may not look like we're winning right now. It may be late in the fourth quarter, but I have good news. I flipped ahead. I've, I fast-forwarded, and I know how it's going to end. We're going to win. Amen. Father, would you help us tonight to preach the word of God? Thank you for the opportunity you've given us to share. I pray, God, you'd fill us by the power of the Holy Ghost. Help us to preach, God, even more than you've given us and what we've studied. And for this, we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. One of our students at Bethel Christian Academy asked, said, Preacher Darren, why doesn't God just go ahead and kill the devil? I said, What? If I was God, the student said, I would go ahead and kill the devil and it'd be over. We would be out of this mess. Things would be 
finuto, it's over, finished, complete. I went, wow, what a question. So I'm going to go sit down and let Luke give you the answer because I didn't exactly know what I was going to say. And I just breathed a, that's a good question for a child especially. And I thought, I need to get with the deacons. I, I don't know, we need to get the board of directors over. I don't know what. And I said, Lord, what are we going to do? And God said, you tell them. Jesus, the word of God teaches us that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. So he said, I've done better than that. I mean, kill the devil, that's a great idea. I like that idea. But he said, I can do better than that. He slew his son. You see, because killing the devil would have saved nobody. We'd have still been lost. We'd have been going to hell. We'd we'd, we'd have been been most miserable. But God said, I got a better plan than that. I'll kill my son. And on the cross, he went carrying, oh boy, carrying your sins and mine that we might be forgiven. He shed his blood, laid down his life that we might be saved. They mocked him and shamed him and buried him and rolled a stone in front of the mouth of the tomb But thanks be unto God, on the first day of the week, Jesus got up victorious over death, hell, and the grave. We're going to win. I often get asked, well, preacher Darren, why did God create the devil? I mean, just consider how much heartache and misery, sorrow, and tragedy that the devil has wreaked and inflicted upon the earth. Think about all the wars and the drunkenness and the drug addictions and the broken homes and the murder and the violence and the rapes. Every bit of that can be laid at the feet of the devil. Every bit of it. But I want to say something and I want to clear it up. You may, I may not get an amen in the house. God did not create the devil. Preacher, he did too. Bless God, he did. No, he did not. He created an angel named Lucifer. Lucifer, Lucifer made himself into the devil. Now think about it. The Bible tells us that Lucifer was one of the most prominent angels that God ever made. The Bible does not say how many angels there there are. I can read in Revelation that there are 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, ever how many that is. But in your Bible, there's only three of them ever mentioned by name. Gabriel, Michael, and Lucifer. Now, the Bible says of Lucifer in Exodus chapter 28 that he was one of the most beautiful angels. The Bible says that he was perfect in all his beauty and I just want to go on record tonight and say that not all angels look alike not all people look alike say thank God for that not everybody's a ten or a nine right you have some of us who are a three or a one or a half and I can't help it but not every angel is created the same Now, now think about it He's prominent in that there's millions and millions and millions of angels and only three are named, so he's prominent. And he's beautiful. 
And the Bible tells us more. It said he is one of the most talented singing angels. He led, preacher, and I never read the Bible where the angels sing, but he led the angels in praise of Jesus Christ. He's, he's the one that led the angels. He was an archangel. He's over all of those things. Think about it, how he has great ability to make music. Preacher Dan, it does not. Go look it up. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 13 speaks of his pipes and his tabrets. Those are musical instruments. You know why there's such a war about music? The devil. Lucifer. Let's mention more. Just being the most beautiful and the most talented didn't satisfy him. He wanted more. In Isaiah 14, you can turn there with me. We might read out of Isaiah 14. Looking at verse number 12, speaking about Lucifer, one of the three named angels in the Bible. Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend in the heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Did you see in those verses five times, Lucifer said, I will. I outlined it. He said, I will have God's place. I will have God's power. I will have God's people. I will have God's position. And I will be like God's person. I'll be like the Most High. You see, he's not satisfied with how God created him. Let me say that again just in case you missed it. Lucifer is not satisfied with how God created him. There's a lot of people in the world today that are not satisfied with how God created them. He was prominent, beautiful, and talented. And he said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Contrast that to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who went into the garden and bowed under a burden praying for you and me and said, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. You see, Lucifer wants Lucifer's will done. But Jesus wants the Father's will to be done. Whose will is it that you want to be done? Amen? When the devil rebelled against God, one third of the angels sided with the devil. Verse 7 says, there was war in heaven. That's startling. Startling because if you think about war, you think about Afghanistan. You think about Libya. You think about Ukraine. You think about Russia. You think about the streets of an American city. War. But the Bible says there was war, not a skirmish, war in heaven between Michael and his angels and Lucifer and his angels. In fact, look how verse 7 doesn't call him Lucifer, but it calls him the dragon. 
He's dangerous. I want to say some things tonight. Number one, the devil is defeated. Verse 8 says, and he prevailed not. He is a loser. He is defeated. He was defeated in heaven. He got kicked out and a third of the angels that followed with him. And he's been trying to overcome that loss ever since. He, Jesus took our sins to the cross. Jesus died. They buried him. And the devil tried to hold him. But the devil couldn't even put a finger on him. Amen. And Jesus arose. Hey, Jesus is the victor. Jesus is the conqueror. Tonight I have decided whose side I'm on. And if you're on the devil's side, you're a loser. He lost the war that was in heaven, thank God. He had one third of the angels. It's a powerful group. But he did not prevail and he lost the war. He lost the privilege of living in heaven. I'm going to heaven. How about you? We'll never lose that privilege. But the devil, the dragon, the old serpent, he got kicked out. Thank God. Amen. The Bible says in verse 8, neither was there, the word is there, the pronoun is there, because it's talking about a third of the angels that followed the devil, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. He got kicked out. Notice with me how the Old Testament referred to him as Lucifer, but nowhere in the New Testament is his name ever mentioned, Lucifer. Not one time. He lost his good name. <laughs> Three angels that are mentioned. Michael, his name means he who is like God. It's a characteristic of Jesus. Jesus is not just like God. Jesus is God. Gabriel, his name means the strong man of God. A characteristic of Jesus. When I'm weak, he is most strong. He's the strong man of God. Lucifer, his name means son of the morning. It means the bright morning star. It means the bearer of the light. It's a characteristic of Jesus. He's the light. He is the bright and the morning star. But Lucifer got kicked out of heaven because of his rebellion. And he's lost the war. He lost the privilege. He lost his good name. He's now known as Beelzebub, prince of devils. Belial, the worthless one. The dragon who's dangerous. Satan who's the accuser, the adversary, the hurler. Revelations chapter 9, we won't turn, but his name is in the, the Hebrew, Apoll Abaddon, and in the Greek, Apollyon. They mean the same thing, destroyer. The devil will destroy your life. He will destroy your home. He will destroy your self-respect. He will destroy your hopes. He will destroy your dreams. He will destroy every good thing that you would ever hope to attain or lay hands upon. He is destructive. And any person who sides with him will be defeated and is a loser as well. If you reject Jesus Christ and you decide you're going to side with the devil, even tonight, you're going to end up in eternity as the grand loser. 
Number one, the devil is defeated. I could stop right there and shout all, all the way home. Amen. Number two, from this text, the devil is a deceiver. Verse 9, that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. The whole world. He has a strategy to deceive people to make sure they stay lost. He deceives them about the seriousness of sin. You know, it's amazing where we live tonight. Nobody takes sin serious anymore. If I stand up and preach against sin, people say, oh, preacher, come on, man. Get with it, you old fogey. You're a bigot. You're old-fashioned. You're out of touch if you preach against sin because nobody's serious about it. Sin still separates people from God. And sin still brings spiritual death. And spiritual death still sends sinners to hell for all of eternity. Hear me. Sin is serious. God has not changed because it's 2,000 ever what year this is. Yet the devil continues to deceive people into the seriousness of sin. I look today on one of the websites. It's got a clock that's always telling you how many people there are alive today. 7.7 billion and counting. Right? It, it would take away people who are dying. But the count is going forward. 7.7 billion people. Did you know that 1.5 billion profess to be Christian? That means some of them, get this, some of them that are professed to be Christian are a whole cultish and really not saved at all. But they profess to be Christian. But let's just say that they are. 7.7 billion minus 1.5 billion leaves 6.2 billion people that think that will tell you we're going to heaven. But they're deceived. They don't profess Christ. They don't profess Christianity. And they're deceived about the seriousness of sin. They think an indecision is a de facto that they're going to get away with. But an indecision is a decision. He deceives people about the way to heaven. Think about it. The world does not believe that Christianity is any better or any worse than Hinduism, Buddhism, or any other ism. Jesus is not just a way to heaven. Jesus is not just a best way to heaven. He's the only way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say I'm a way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can go to heaven without money. You can go to heaven without friends, but you can't go to heaven without Jesus. And the devil's done a pretty good job of deceiving people about the way to heaven. He's done a pretty good job of deceiving people about the seriousness of sin. He deceives people about the time of salvation. God said today is the day of salvation. There are people that will say, I know I need to get saved, but I'm not ready to get saved now. I'll get saved later. Honey, you don't get saved just any old time. You don't get saved when you want to. You get saved when God is drawing you. You get saved when God is convicting you. 
I can take you to a young lady who came down to the altar and the preacher went over there to deal with her and she was weeping profusely and he said, honey, do you believe you're a sinner? Oh, yes, I'm a sinner. Do you believe Jesus Christ could forgive you of your sins and save your soul? I do, but not tonight because my whole life I've been trained twice a week going to training for a governor's ball and I'm 18 years old and I'm the bell of the ball and if I get saved, I'm, I'm going to have to say that I can't go with that handsome boy that's an alcoholic and I'm not going to be out there to the big party that I've been trained my whole life to be part of society but I tell you what when the party's over tomorrow night the day after tomorrow I'll come back and I'll get saved then so the next night she went to the governor's ball and her boyfriend the alcoholic wrecked in his Mustang and hit the end of a bridge and threw her out of it down into the stream she hit her head and she died and they told her parents, and it broke their hearts. And they sent the police into the service, just like we're in service now. And he came walking in, took off his hat, and came down to the preacher, widely finished, and said, Did you talk to that young girl last, last night? Yes, I did. Did she get saved? Give her parents hope. No. She had good intentions of getting saved. Tomorrow she would get saved. But last night she would say no to Jesus. Honey, I'll tell you something. Here's the danger. You can say no to Jesus one time too many. And when you do, it's over. You, and see, the devil is a deceiver. And you need to pay attention to what he's trying to trick you with. God said his spirit will not always strive with man. God may never deal with you again. The night I got saved, Brother Percy walked down the steps and stopped and came back and said, wait a minute, Brother Pastor, in his Mississippi accent, there is a lad here. It is your last chance. Not a doubt in my mind that it was me. Nobody else in the place moved. It was my last chance to get right with God. The devil is defeated. The devil is a deceiver. Expose him for what he is. Thirdly, in verses 10 and 11, the devil is devious. He is a devious defamer. Look at it. They said the accuser, verse, middle of verse 10, the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God, not before our God, day and night. He has another strategy, not just to keep lost people lost, but he has a, another strategy to accuse saved people. He will attack you. He has me this week. He will assault you. He will implicate you. He will blame you. He'll charge you. He'll defame you. He will slander you. Not just amongst your peers, but even before God. And ever, listen, this week, I have been under such attack that when I pray, the devil will say, who do you think you are to call on God? He don't care anything about you. He's not listening to you. He, he, your church don't even care about you. Your family don't even care about you. Who do you think you are? Why don't you just give this up and go do something different? You'd be more effective out there. If you want to preach a little, go out there and get a job. Go preach a little out there. Give this up. Lay it all down. Walk away from it. You hear his attack? 
And I'm telling you, when you share the gospel, he'll stand up and say, get in your ear. You waste your time. Look at them people. Right now, he said, look at them people. They don't care one thing about what you got to say. They want to see the person beside them. They want to look at what's going on behind them. They're just waiting for you to get done so they can just get out of Dodge. They don't care. And see, the devil, even while I preach, he is attacking and assaulting while I preach. And I'm telling you, other preachers, I guarantee he's done it to you. While you've been a preacher, say nobody cares about it. You're wasting your time. They ain't with you. God's not going to help you to overcome. But I'm telling you what tonight, I'm identifying him for the low-down, egg-sucking dog that he is. He's a liar. And he's the father of it. Our God does love us. He did send his son to the cross. We are making a difference, amen. Not maybe the difference we want to make, but there is a difference being made. Know the devil for the devious schemer that he is. Amen. Hallelujah, church. You think about the book of Job. It's the oldest book in the Bible. Preacher, Darren, Genesis is first. It says in the beginning, it's the oldest. Do you know who wrote it? Moses. Way after Job was born, lived, and died. Job is the oldest book in the Bible. And there was a day that the devil and all the demons and all the good holy angels were all summoned, known as the sons of God, to be in the presence of Almighty God. And God noticed the old devil that used to be Lucifer, that used to be in heaven, he saw him pacing around. He said, Where are you, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to and fro in the earth. Woken up and down in it. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? He's perfect. He fears God. He eschews evil. There's none like Job. And the devil turned around and said, the Job fears you for naught. Job fears you because you've got a hedge around his life. Job fears you because you've blessed him. He's the greatest of all the men of the east. If you took away his blessings and you took down his hedge, he will curse you to your face, God. And God said, you have permission to attack him. You have permission to assault him. You've just finished slandering him and accusing him. Go ahead but you can't touch his life. And that old no-count, egg-sucking dog devil went down to the earth and he began to attack Job in so much that Job lost all of his livestock and all of his business affairs and he had to go bankrupt in one day. While he was standing there listening to the reports coming in of all these messengers that lived through this, the Bible says the messenger came in and said that a wind came from the wilderness and knocked down the walls of the house, hit it upon its foundations, and Job, all ten of your children are dead. They all died in this. He's bereaved. He's broken. He's bankrupt. He's busted. It don't look too good. And the Bible says in all this, Job worshiped God, he sinned not, nor charged God foolishly, and he said, the Lord giveth 
and the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. God said we're going to have another meeting to all the holy angels and all the evil angels that are now demons. They stand before God again. And that devil, man, he's just pacing again. He says, where you been? Walking up, down, to and fro. He said, if you consider my servant Job, though you've done all this, you've moved me against him. I took away the hedge, allowed you to attack him. If you consider Job, he's still perfect. He fears God. He says, ah, skin for skin. All the man will do for his health. But you, you just blessed, you said I couldn't touch his life. But let me touch his health. He'll, cut, he'll show you, he'll cuss you to, his, to your face. He said, you have permission to attack his body. And some disease came upon him. He couldn't worship anymore. He didn't have the ability. All he could do was set down the ashes and try to worship from that spot. Boils all over his body. So much so that he took a broken piece of pottery that he used to have as a prized possession but's now busted. And he took it to scrape himself. The pus and the infection and the nastiness. He's scraping himself in that place. His wife sees him in that condition and she can't stand to see her husband who has served God so faithfully down through the years to be in such a position and she says honey why don't you just cuss God and die get it over with his bride's giving him bad advice and he said he didn't call her foolish he said you talk like a foolish woman he said girl men you know better God gave us ten children we've worshipped God I'm telling you girl you need to straighten up and you're thinking here God's still on the throne though I'm in the ashes. God, we're going to win, girl. We're going to win. Go back and read. His buddies showed up. They sat there and looked at him for a solid week. Never said a word. And finally when they did, they accused him of being self-righteous and he's the, such a sinner that he's caused all this destruction to fall upon himself. And Job said, my buddies are miserable comforters. Notice how they all start with a B. Bereaved, bankrupt, broken, boils, his buddies, his bride. Notice it. I'm telling you, God saved the best for last. Because when his buddies apologized and said, pray for us, and brought him oxen to sacrifice, God turned the captivity into double. You're going to win, and you're going to be glad you live for Jesus after all. Preacher Darren, what do we have to defend ourselves against the accusation and the attacks of the devil when he slanders us? Look at verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. You know how we're going to overcome him? By our salvation. By the grace of God. I also want to go back here to 1 John because I can't help but read this. 1 John chapter number 4, verse number 4. Ye are of God, little children and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Chapter 5, 1 John, chapter 5, verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus Christ stepped out of heaven. He took upon himself all of our sins that we might be forgiven and we're saved, saved, saved by the blood of the Lamb. And no attack, no accusation, no slander 
is going to ever change the fact that we're redeemed. If the devil attacks you as a child of God, you need to remind him that devil, I don't belong with, to you anymore. We broke up. I used to hold hands with you, but I'm over you. I've been adopted by a new family. I've changed teams. I'm a son or a daughter of the living God in heaven. And devil, you have no authority and you have no control over me anymore. Flap your gums, whisper and shout all you want to, but Jesus is my Savior. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now, I love good testimony. I love that. Thank God for it. We've been saved. We've been cleansed. We've got a good testimony. Uh, we, we've got confession. I love that. But I'm going to tell you something else right here. Y'all looking at me? You know what the word of my testimony is? It's right there. Scripture is the word of my testimony. You know how Jesus defeated the devil in the wilderness? It is written. It is written. My testimony is Jesus' testimony. It is the holy, infallible, inerrant, inspired word of God. And I may not understand it all, but I believe every last word of it. Billy Graham being attacked by the devil and assaulted, he said he went out in the woods and he laid his Bible down on a tree stump and he said, Lord, I want to say this, that no matter what, this is your word. I don't understand it all, but I believe it. And if I go to hell, I go to hell trusting the infallible, inerrant, inspired word of God. Honey, you read the book. We're going to win. Scripture says so. Thank God for it. End of the verse. They love not their lives unto the death. Do you see their surrender? I don't love my life, I love him. It's not my life, it's his life. I love Jesus Christ. Number three, the devil is a devious defamer. Look with me, number four, and I'll be done. According to verse number 12, the devil's duration is short. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil's come down unto you, having great wrath. Boy, he's angry. He's mad. Why? He hates the blood of Jesus. He hates the Bible. He hates the church. He hates Christians. You know why he's fighting you so bad? He hates your guts. And I took him off my prayer list. He ain't going to get saved. He ain't going to start acting right. Just take him off your prayer list. Quit trying to treat the devil with respect and go on down the road and serve Jesus Christ. He knows his time is short. Look at it. He knoweth that he hath but a short time. You take a cat, little old innocent kitty, and back it up in the corner, put something he's afraid of in front of him, a fan or something whirling, and that cat will... Man, he'll turn into Godzilla. And he's clawing and, and, and trying to do all he can to live. Honey, the devil knows his time is short. He's backed in the corner. 
this thing is just about over. And he's spending all he can. If you're home sitting at the house, shame on you. You ought to be in the house of God. Honey, I'm telling you, the devil's trying to deceive you and get you out of fellowship unless you're homesick tonight. If you're laying on the couch, halfway asleep, spinning around, watching, searching every other thing on the Facebook right now, shame on you. The Bible said, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We ought to be more faithful today than we've ever been. And bless God, and you know why we're not? Because we're deceived into thinking it's all right. It's okay. Preacher Dan won't say nothing about it. And now that I have, you shouldn't have said that, preacher. No, bless God, you shouldn't have laid out. This was the very night we were going to deal with the attacks and the assaults and where they're coming from and how you're going to get victory. And you decided to take a nap. Here, kitty, kitty. Go ahead and lay down with him if you want to, but I'm going to serve Jesus. That'll probably get me in Facebook jail. When I read the book of Revelations chapter 5, the Bible says that God is sitting on his throne and in his hand there's a seven-sealed book which is the title deed to the earth. A strong angel cries out, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And nobody in heaven stepped forward. Men like Abraham, Moses, David, Daniel, Elijah, Elisha, Hosea, those men did not step forward. And they're in heaven. They know they're not worthy to take that book out of the hand of God. And then the attention goes to those on earth. May I just remind you, those on earth at that time would be the Antichrist and the false prophet. It'll be great military mites and leaders and not one of them on earth could step forward because they know they're not worthy. And then under the earth, nobody, men like Adolf Hitler and Joseph Stalin who've murdered countless millions of Jews and people, they could not step forward for they are not worthy. Note the question. It is not who is willing. It's who is worthy. There are a bunch of so-called clowns in Washington tonight that would love to step forward and take the book and figure out how it ought to be redispersed. But I'm telling you, it's not who's willing, honey. It's who's worthy. And there's only one that's worthy to take the book from the hand of God the Father and begin to loose the seals. Woo! John, our writer, when he saw nobody in heaven and nobody on earth and nobody under earth was worthy, he began to weep. Not just a few crocodile tears. I mean the Bible word here is he was sobbing. He was broken. He said, 
Is sin going to win forever? How long will Satan be dominant? How long will he have authority? I've seen enough of what sin can do in the lives of the homes of children. I've seen enough of what alcohol and drug abuse can do. I've seen enough of the shootings and the violence and the rape. I've seen and heard enough. John was broken. And the angel walked up and he said, Weep not, John. Dry your tears up. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's prevailed. That word prevailed means he won. He fought the battle and he won. And John, trying to dry his tears up, Getting up from the altar, he turns to look at the lion. And when he does, he sees a lamb. A little innocent, defenseless lamb. That lamb was standing as it had been slain. You could see the wounds on it. Where that lamb mysteriously had shed its blood and given its life to transfer to those that would have faith its innocence. <laughs> and yet, it's alive again. Woo! When you're looking for the lion and you see the lamb. <laughs> you see, the lamb, that innocent, defenseless lamb has won. He doesn't have big teeth to bite you with. He doesn't have big claws to defend himself with, honey. He laid down his life and yet he had power to take it back again. <laughs> you ever been reading a book? Vance Habner, he loved to read Western books about the West, Old West. And he said, I was reading a book and I got so upset about the hero. He was about to be scalped. Preacher, you shouldn't have said that. I know I'll go to Facebook jail. But he was about to be scalped. He was about to go down. He was about to be gunned down. He was about to be defeated. And he said, I got so upset in my stomach about the hero that I was so into that he's going down. It's imminent. There's no way he's going to win this thing. He said, I decided to quit reading in the middle of the book where I was. And I said, I, I can't stand it no more. I got to jump ahead. And he read the end of the, the last chapter of the book. And he saw that the hero won. The hero fought the battle, and the hero won. And he said, it calmed my nerves. And he said, I politely opened my book back to the middle and said, I can keep reading now. I don't have to be upset. I don't have to be worried, because I know how it's going to turn out in the end. I've read the last chapter of the book. Jesus wins. And if you're on his side... We're going to win. And tonight, you may be in a battle. You may be in a character assassination. You may, being a, you may be being assaulted or attacked by deceit in Mother Dale. Slandered right now tonight. And nobody cares about me. But honey, I'm going to tell you something. You keep fighting. You keep standing. You stay faithful. You know why? Because we're going to win. And victory 
is sweet. <laughs> you know, there's one thing that makes victories even sweeter. It's the losses along the way. Sometimes I was defeated. Sometimes, uh, sometimes that I, you know, but the Lord forgives those times and he gives you ultimate victory in the end. Youngins, that's worth it all. I, I come here tonight just to stand up before God's people and before the Lord God Almighty say, Lord, I want to thank you for saving me and for loving me and for keeping me and being so good to me. And Lord, I'm so sorry that I listened to the whispers of the enemy. God help me to maintain my focus. And I want to say to the devil, because he's listening. I mean, at the synagogue, the unclean spirit was there. And I want to say to him, you're defeated, buddy. You're, de you're a deceiver, old pal. You are a, a schemer and you're a defamer. And ultimately, I'm telling you, you've been denounced and you are defeated. Jesus wins. You stand to your feet tonight. I wonder, you might stand to your feet. Maybe you need to come to the altar. And one of these days, come on, Brother Seth. One of these days, the Lord's going to descend out on the cloud, down the steps of the stars, and he's going to say to us, come up hither. And honey, when you get there, you'll be glad that you lived for Jesus. He'll reward your faithfulness. He'll reward your prayer life. He'll reward your burdens with tears. He loves your tears so much, he puts them in a bottle. Honey, you'll be rewarded. You'll be glad you was faithful. Father, I thank you tonight. What a God. Lord, forgive us how we failed you. God, though a righteous man falls seven times, Lord, you still forgive us and stand us right back up. Lord, would you help us, Father, not to get so down, not to get so negative. God, would you help us tonight, God? Would you defeat the devil one more time, God? Another battle today, another battle tonight. God, would you take him down another peg or two? Lord, there are people tonight, God, they needed to hear. They need encouragement, God. I'm asking you, Lord, would you work in their lives? Father, would you answer their prayer request. God, I'm asking you, Lord, would you give us a token for good? <laughs> a, a work of grace and an act of mercy. God, would you touch us one more time? For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Woo! We win. <laughs> We're going to